Hi, I'm Patrick Finley. This is Jason Leisure, and we are at the end of the 2023 Bears draft. Jason, coming up on this episode of Hallis Intrigue, we'll talk about who the Bears took, who they didn't take, what they still have yet to fix, and what Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus said about it all. All that and more coming up on Hallis Intrigue. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. Jason, as we sit here on Saturday night, it's not as late as it's been the previous couple of nights, but uh, all of our brains are mush nonetheless because uh, we just emerged from 200 and... 50-some-odd draft picks across the NFL, and the Bears wound up with 10. What do you think of it? I think there were some really good ones. I think that uh, they addressed key needs, taking an offensive tackle with the 10th pick, taking your number one resource in this draft and throwing it at what I would say is your most urgent problem, protecting Justin Fields, to get Darnell Wright with that number 10 pick. That's really good. And then you go to your defensive line, which is another huge problem, uh, and the cornerback, Tyreek Stevenson. I think that you cannot argue against the needs they addressed with those picks. That being said, and this is, Pat, this is the big problem that is happening, I think, between expectations and reality when it comes to the Bears' rebuild, to Ryan Pohl's rebuild. There's no pass rusher. Nope. There was no pass rusher in free agency. Nope. There's no pass rusher in this draft. Nope. That they this draft class they brought in. Was there and one? Was there one last year or in last year's uh, draft class or in last year's? What Dominic Robinson's about the uh, the firmest commitment the Bears have made to a pass that, rusher? Justin I, Jones. What do we got? And Ryan Poles would tell you, and you don't want to hear it, but that he but he would say that you can't fix all these big problems at once. Now there's a lot of little problems with the Bears that he inherited and he's been working on those. But the the really expensive problems, Pat, you know this, you own a house like you can't get a deck and refinish the basement and get new hardwood floors all in the same summer. Like you got to budget. You got to pick all right, which one of these problems can these big problems, you know, new siding or new roof, can we a new air conditioner, can we afford to fix this year? And then we're going to save up and work on fixing pass rusher next year. That is probably the reality that you're looking at with the Bears. And it is a hard reality to absorb because this was the worst pass rush in the NFL last year. Yeah, and maybe the second worst pass rush in the history of the franchise, which is saying something. Um, it's funny you used the house uh, reference. It's the first thing I thought of when he was talking uh, tonight. And it was, remember when he got here and he said, we're not going to tear the whole thing down. This is going to be more like Extreme Makeover Home Edition, where, you know, we're going to keep a couple of rooms that are nice. First of all, that wasn't the case. They he not, tore the whole thing tore, tore the whole thing down. <laughs> There's like a couple cabinets still here. That's yeah. It. And now he's like Ty Pennington sitting there being like, listen, I couldn't fix the whole house, <laughs> but... The kitchen and bathrooms, you know, the expensive things that, you know, you know, that's the reason people buy houses, kitchens and bathrooms. That's the stuff we haven't fixed yet. And I mean, we'll get to it eventually. And, and that's what it is, is he, he got here and he had a quarterback or, th- you know, thinks he has a quarterback. He didn't. He didn't have one when he got here. He got he had the talent. Justin yes, Fields had the yeah. talent, but it was being wildly mismanaged. Right and negated by bad personnel decisions around him. So in a way, even though it's the same player at quarterback, Ryan Pohl still had to fix quarterback in a roundabout way. Right, and and he's got that. But if you're talking about NFL premium positions, quarterback, defensive end, 
Wide, left tackle. Left tackle, wide receiver. Um, the Bears have made moves at all those different positions um, to solidify them, and they have not done it with that dresser at all. And, and you can already hear, Jason. Yes, you could. I, that's why I was smiling just you, now. You can hear the spin. Yes. Thursday night, Ryan Poles is sitting here at, at Hallis going, you know, or Friday night, you know, these new D tackles we got, they can really rush up the middle. And because of that, that's a shorter track for the edge rushers to get to. So we're in, we're, we're helping our pass rush. And tonight, it, Matt Eberflus must have said dent the pocket about three times. And he's selling he's the same thing. Well, if we get a good pass rush from our nose tackle, then that's a pass rush, right? No, it's not. It's not an edge rusher. They need three edge rushers, probably. They have zero. I mean, we're looking at... There's one D tackle that maybe could have done that yeah. in this draft class, yeah. and he was too hot for the Bears. And he was he was available, yeah. um, and uh, Jalen Carter did not uh, qualify. But I think, I think the point you were about to make is, as of right now today, I, I'm pretty sure... That their starting pass rushers would be Travis Gibson and Demarcus Walker. Right. Two guys that had a total between the two of them of 10 sacks last season. Well, yeah, Demarcus Walker's a better player. But I think ideally on passing downs, he kicks inside. That's one of the reasons the Bears signed him. That's one of the reasons they like him. So if it's third and nine, Jason, right now we're lining up with Demarcus Walker inside and probably Dominic Robinson and Travis Gibson outside. Now, there are free agents out there that could patch this problem. They cannot solve it, but they can patch it for a year. And the names are familiar to everybody. Yannick Ngakwe, Leonard Floyd, Justin Houston. Um, uh, who else? Jadavian Clowney. Jadavian Clowney. Yeah. And Pulse, by the way, Pulse was, like, he was, I think, was telegraphing a little bit. I think they're going to get someone like saying that. Yeah. we we can take care of this financially, right? Yes, or it's, through a trade. But he 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 used the word financially, kind of indicating like we can pay if Jadavian Clowney wants to come here on a one year expensive contract, like they can afford it. Right, right. They, they have space. You know, I bring up Chase Young again. You know, if the Commanders want to trade him, it's got to make you wonder what do they know that the Bears or anybody else don't know. But Chase Young coming off of injuries, former number two overall pick. That's a really expensive bet for one year, but it's one I would think about. Uh, everybody else, you know, it will be an issue or a matter of what can the Bears offer them beside money? Because the Bears have money and the, and the Bears have more money than most. But they can also sit there and go, man, you are going to play a lot because uh, we don't have pass rush specific guys. Day one start. As soon as you walk in, you're starting. Right. Yeah. yeah, and you know, and you could argue too that somebody like say Ngakwe, who's more of a situational rusher and not much of a run defender, the Bears probably have enough enough depth now that they could have a run specific, you know, end on yeah. first and ten and second and nine, and then the, and then you know try and put these other guys in position to succeed. But as it is right now, it's still it's probably the worst D line in football. Still, uh, it's definitely the worst the worst edge rusher group in football. Um, by a good margin. Pat, when you look at the draft, at least the, when I look at the draft, I look at those first three rounds as super valuable, especially when the Bears are picking uh, at the first pick of the third round this year. Uh, that That's a very high. It's 64 overall. It's a really high pick. Those are the picks that are going to swing. When you're in a rebuild, those are the picks that are going to swing your rebuild mm-hmm. one direction or the other. You look back at the picks Ryan Poles made last year, which really were some of the few free decisions he got to make. 
Right. Most of these decisions that he made last year, personnel-wise, with that roster, were what anybody would have done in sure. that situation. Mm-hmm. The draft picks where he had some creative freedom, I guess, to say, this is really what I want. This right. is, Put his stamp on it. He took the two defensive backs, Kyler Gordon and Jaquan Brisker. Mm-hmm. I think we both agree those guys are pretty good. Brisker, think, yeah, Brisker clearly better, good. But yeah, right. Gordon, promising. Mm-hmm. Valus Jones, I'm not sure if there's a place for him going forward other than on special teams. They might have drafted his replacement today. Possibly. Yep. Um, the picks they made today, or, or not today, but uh, Thursday and Friday, their first, second, third round picks, they made four of them. We're not going to know about those guys until probably training camp at the soonest. You'll probably see some signs in mini camps. I mean, we saw it last year with Braxton Jones mm-hmm. taking over pretty quickly. Um, then everything after that, to me, is a bonus. If you find guys, if you find one guy a year that is a serious player, fourth rounder or later, great. And they did in Braxton Jones. Even if Braxton Jones is not a permanent left tackle for them, he is an NFL starting offensive lineman somewhere. That's a great find, Sure, I think, at the end of round five last year from Southern Utah. The guy that stands out this year, I think, to you, is the Texas running back in round four, that that might be more than just a day three pick. It could be. Uh, it'll be interesting. I think he's going to be the best pass blocker out of the running back backs that the Bears have, which is damning with faint praise, by the way. <laughs> Roshan Johnson, uh, you know, uh, uh, Bill, really, really um, physically imposing kind of guy. Uh, violent run style. I think Pro Football Focus had him with the, um, with the most broken tackles. Uh, over the last two seasons in terms of percentage. That means he's hard to bring down. Um, and, you know, he was a backup. He started five games in college, period. Mm. That's not the kind of guy you draft in the fourth round. The thing is, the last three years, he's been behind Bijan Robinson, who is the best running back in, in the game at least the last two years. Bijan at the Combine talked about him like he was – is a deity? Is that is, is that overstating things? He said he is a god, lowercase g, but a god. And he said he's the best teammate he's ever had. Uh, at one point, he said he was like the second best running back behind him uh, out there, which is overstating things for sure. But this is somebody who comes very highly recommended by one of the best in the game. And also, you know, the Bears scout who came to talk to us about him said that he had the highest grades uh, in terms of character of any scouting report he'd ever done in his career. Like, it seems like a pretty solid culture guy and somebody who could be a contributor on special teams and partially in the backfield. You know, the Bears, though, aren't going to win games with Boy Scouts. I I think that the – I think he's really intriguing. And the last thing I think that makes him intriguing is, you know, he was the backup running back. There is a thought in the NFL that you only have so many carries in you. Um, and because of the damage that can be done by the hits you take every day. And he has like 40% of the carries over the previous three seasons that David Montgomery did when the Bears drafted him out of Iowa State during the same span. So, I mean, this is a guy coming in who has not been ridden hard, and uh, that's a good thing in this case. It's a great opportunity for him. Ryan Poles was, said he was shocked that a player of that talent was available in the fourth round. But he's also walking into a really good situation because mm-hmm. Khalil Herbert is a clear starting running back, although he would tell you, and he's got a lot of work to do mm-hmm. as a pass blocker. 
but the other guys that they're considering for that spot, I mean, between Foreman and Ebner, there's there's an opening here for Johnson to claim a spot. Yeah, it's interesting. In you know, Foreman, I think Foreman had Foreman had 914 rushing yards last year. Like he's this close to a thousand yard rusher. Uh, I think he's probably he might be the first guy to touch the ball in the first game in the first game. Um, he was very available, though, Pat. Yes, he was. The rest it, of the league was looking at him, and and I, what is it, a one-year, three one million year, dollar, one-year deal, and three then, million, I yeah, think. And then you yeah. have Herbert, who has been a home run hitter, but seems to thrive a little bit more, I think, when he doesn't have to carry the ball twenty-two yeah. times a game. Um, both of those guys are solid, but what's interesting to me, if I'm Roshan, is I come in and those guys are good. Neither of those guys could stand in my way if I put together a yeah. really good couple of weeks of practice. And, you know, I think he's going to be a contributor. Like I said, I think he's their best pass blocker already, which is boring in the world of fantasy football, <laughs> in the world of fandom, but is really important in real life. The big picture here for their offseason is they went into it with everything. Mm-hmm. As opposed to last year, Ryan Poles went into it with nothing. Right. Had to offload Khalil Mack mm-hmm. just to have another second-round pick, just to have a, yep. a decent supply of picks. This year they go in with the most valuable resource you could have, the number one overall pick. They go in with by far the most spending money in the league. Mm-hmm. They spent the money. They spent the picks. What are they now? What is this team now? It's probably not a 3-14 and 14 team anymore. But Seven wins? Seven? Seven? That's, Eight? That's the thing that... If Justin, I'll catch up. If Justin Fields is good, who knows? On paper, probably six. Six and a half. <laughs> I'm it, talking myself into it. The thing is, if they go from... Here, here's the thing that is I think everybody is wrestling with. Anybody would agree that if they go from 3-14 and 14 to 7-9 and nine and Fields is playing well, mm-hmm. that's looking better. Yep. That's looking like something that is headed the right way. It's not there, but it's headed the right way. I think everyone will sit there now and say that when it gets to the season and you're actually going seven and ten, are you going to be okay with that? Are you going to feel like a little bit frustrated with how slow things are going? How how long it's going to take to build this back? Oh, I think so too, and I think that we forget in the off season uh, how mediocre the NFL is. Not to quote the great Mark Potash, but it was really hard for the Bears to win only three games. Yeah. They were in. I mean, at least the you know in the first half of the season. They had the ball with a chance to win a lot. Yeah, that could have and, been seven wins. And they failed almost exclusively. So, you know, if they just regress to the mean there, maybe they win six games last year with a roster that's as bad as any roster they've had in a long time. So, you know, maybe maybe we should set our sights a little higher. I don't know. I just – I look around and I see a team that, t- that you know, over the weekend got, athle- got a lot more athletic – got younger, which always makes me laugh because, of course, you get younger. It's the draft. How do you not get younger? But they got younger. Well, if you take Valus Jones, (laughs) who arrived older than Darnell Mooney. Right. Um, You know, I think they have more of the kinds of players that Matt Eberflus needs for his defense, which is built around running your butt off after the ball and around the kinds of players that Ryan Poles wants, which is vicious, nasty dudes. And in that case, they're more in the mold of, of these leaders. I don't think, I don't think that makes them good. Do you? And, I mean, and, and the other thing I get back to is, he had the Ryan Pulse had the first pick in the draft. 
And he came out of there with the right tackle. <laughs> and, you know, he had the first pick of the second round, and he came out of there with Chase Claypool, if you want to yep. add it up that way. Um, he's got future draft capital, which is great. I think you and I, and I know Potsy and I, agree that having that insurance policy on Justin Fields next year is awesome. If Fields is bad, you've got the Panthers pick, you've got your pick, you'll be fine. That's all really, really important. But what you get today is pretty damn boring compared to what you thought you were going to get when you had the number one overall pick. You parlay the it just with that pick, just with that first pick, you parlay the number one overall pick into the offensive tackle that a lot of people had rated fourth. Yep. In his class. I mean, I hear you on that. And yes. There's a way to frame that argument where you sit there and say, you know, on February 15th, if I would have said, well, shoot, how about this? On Halloween of last year, the day before they traded for Chase Claypool, I would have grabbed a Bears fan and been like, I got good news and bad news. <laughs> good news is you got the number one pick in the draft next year. The bad news is <laughs> you were going to open your eyes on May 1st, and what you're going to have to show for it is a right tackle, Chase Claypool, who was uh, as bad as he's ever been the minute he got to the like Bears. 14 catches in seven games or something yeah. like that last year. Like, there's nobody they've signed or drafted this offseason that I think people are going to buy jerseys of, right? Like, maybe <laughs> Tremaine Edmonds. I mean, and, and I mean this, I yeah. think they're going about this the right way, especially in getting that first-round pick, and especially in getting DJ Moore. But... There's a lack of, I think with Mark the other day, I used the word sizzle. There's a lack of sizzle that would have been there uh, in most years. Well, you need star players Mm -hmm. to be a great team. Sure. All the great teams have star players. If you just build out a team with a bunch of B-plus players, you'll be a B-plus team, which is, I know that that would be a, they would throw a parade for that here, but I don't think they should. I think. You need to aim higher well, than that. Were, and that, that's my frustration with what they did with the number one pick. Yeah. Even though I I do see the prudence of what Ryan Poles did, especially getting that extra first rounder for next year from a team that could be really, really bad in Carolina. But it took you out of the mix to get just an absolute star. Mm-hmm. A guy like Will Anderson, mm-hmm. who would have solved one of their biggest problems and I think will be a star in the NFL. Yeah, I think he's as close to can't miss as you can get. He probably was the can't miss guy. Yeah, and you know that's... In that sense, that's that's just less fun than it could have been. I don't know that it's better or worse, but it's absolutely less fun. And Go ahead. Well, when we talk about Darnell Wright, I'm curious. You keep talking about him both on here and in our conversations. You keep talking about him as, just, as a right tackle. I don't know that people draft somebody number 10 overall thinking they're going to be a right tackle. And I know that that is what he played last season, but... I'm not convinced. Why are you so certain that he's going to be the right tackle and Braxton Jones will stay at left? I, I think Poles has done nothing to dissuade us of that, uh, especially, I believe, Thursday night. Um, he is your prototypical right tackle in terms of size, the whole road grader nastiness thing. Um, that, you know, Tennessee, Tennessee moved him from left to right. And it was, you know, and... I guarantee you, whoever they put at left probably wasn't as gifted as Darnell Wright was. But Tennessee saw something that said, no, this guy should stay on the right side. I just think that's where he is. I, I think that that's where uh, every draft piece of analysis for two months we read is this guy's a right tackle. And you could argue to me that in the modern NFL, a right tackle is a very valuable piece. 
And you're probably right, but it's not as valuable as the left tackle, is it? And, you know, the, the other thing I'd bring up too is Braxton Jones. If you really believe in the trajectory of Braxton Jones, I don't think you move him. I think you mm-hmm. end up playing both guys out of position that way. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, you know, I mean, the Bears scream about, we're going to move everybody all over the offensive line, uh, you know, all during training camp, all during mini camp. That way everybody's comfortable with it. And then they kind of settle in. Um, but I think he's the right tackle. I really do. I think that is something we'll see pretty quickly. We talk about things you can observe in mini camp. Mm-hmm. I think by the time we get into June, mm-hmm. we'll see if uh, – Darnell Wright. Darnell Wright is. Uh, there's been so many names just well, hitting your eyes and ears over the last three days. We'll see if Darnell Wright, though. You know, probably we'll see, we'll probably see it by then if Darnell Wright is making a move at the left tackle spot. Yeah, this is the reminder that our minds are mush. Uh, particularly, uh, Jason. Jason was in multiple states this week. Uh, I was not, but uh, Jason's got a good excuse for that. There's just a lot of names. There's 259 guys that get drafted, mm-hmm. and another hundred that you hear about that don't. Right. Uh, real quick before we go, um, tell me, among the names we haven't talked about, is there anyone that jumps out at you as, as someone who you think could be particularly interesting or uh, just a contributor? Well, I like the linebacker that they took from Oregon, yeah. Noah Sewell, the younger brother of uh, the Lions left tackle, Panay Sewell. Um, he's, he sounds like uh, like a... Like a Roquan Smith-style player. Mm-hmm. Obviously, very few players in the entire NFL are Roquan Smith's ability level. But he is a versatile linebacker who they, they were really uh, – we talked to Reese Hicks, their Pacific Coast – their West Coast scout, and he was raving about the guy's blitzing ability. Sure. And that stands out to me as something that could be really useful and more than just a special teams player when you're adding a guy in the fifth round at 148th overall. Yeah, but this guy's an inside linebacker. I mean, this guy is not – he's never going to be an edge rusher. He is a somewhere behind T.J. Edwards uh, on the depth chart, right? Somewhere – what, we think he's probably – Yeah, but um, there's a lot of open jobs there too. Yeah. I mean, they signed those two guys, but there's a lot of, op- there's a lot of open spots on the depth chart at linebacker. Yeah, and he said he grew up uh, idolizing uh, Junior Seau, which is a man of my own heart. Um, I, I really – I like Zach Pickens, and and I have to catch myself because I think part of the reason I like Zach Pickens is because when he was 16 years old, he was a really highly rated football player, and a lot can happen uh, between now and then. But any guy who has that sort of pedigree, uh, I think you have the chance to maybe unlock something. And, And he was the first to admit, and he told Mark Potash, that he didn't think he was in as good in college as, as he could be, and that he hoped that he'd be better in the NFL. Uh, that's the sort of thing that I'm okay betting on in the third round. Uh, I think that that athleticism works. Um, and, and both, like I said earlier, both defensive tackles got drafted, or all three, I guess, got drafted because they can play, but also because they can run. And um, I think it's hard to find that sort of athleticism. And the Bears probably had to pay a premium in terms of draft capital to get it. I also like Kendall Williamson, the safety from Stanford, not necessarily projecting out football-wise, but career-wise, in something, he'll be all right. 
It's a pretty safe statement about most Stanford guys. Graduated from Stanford with a degree in mechanical engineering, 4.0 student in high school, 3.8 student. That's higher than my GPA. 3.8 student at Stanford. I think Kendall Williams is going to be okay, even if this doesn't work out. He's the only uh, Bears player or drafted who has a LinkedIn page. Let's put it that way. He's got more important stuff to worry about later in his life. Uh, Jason, uh, as we mentioned, there's going to be a rookie mini camp coming up this week. So we will, I'm sure, sit down to talk about that. We'll jump on the podcast if there's any major news breaking between now and then. But you can follow Mark Potash and Jason and myself on Twitter. Uh, check us out on the Sun-Times website or pick up a newspaper if you can. I don't think I'm overstating things, Jason, when I say that there's probably 50 pieces of draft coverage that we've put on our website in the last week, something like that. All you want, you just get yourself a nice glass of Jefferson's Ocean and oh, can we talk flip about that? through just, the Sun-Times Bears page. Can we talk about this just real quick? Uh, um, uh, Ryan Poles was playfully asked by Dan Weeder. Uh, kind of what his uh, what his uh, drink of choice was at the end of a really busy week, and his answer was Jefferson's Ocean. Have you had that? No, but where were all your follow up questions? Like the standard Patrick my, Finley eight thousand. I need to know every detail of the shape of the glass and is it no. neat or yeah, is it on the rocks? rocks or, you gotta go rocks like, and neat. Yeah. Come on, man. But I believe Jefferson's Ocean. I believe what they do is they age it by literally putting it in barrels in a boat. And then setting the boat out on the water. Can really taste the seawater, Pat. <laughs> you know, um, Ryan, Ryan Poles is going to get himself sent a case of that now. I, I mean, would. That okay. was brilliant of him to throw out a specific bourbon like that. Uh, can we, um, uh, yeah, Jefferson's Ocean, uh, quick search. Aged at sea is its uh, slogan, which is pretty good. Um, uh, can we, then we'll go. But I'm having a little bit of you fun. over and just pour you a, a glass of whatever and just put some salt in it and be like, this is aged at sea, Pat. I'm going to go to the canal that runs past my house and get in a, get in a boat and uh, bring my bourbon and see if it was, switches around nicely. There was one they were making in, I want to say it was Maine. Mm-hmm. They have a problem with these, like, uh, the, this particular type of crab that there's just too many of them. Right. Like it's, I don't think it's an invasive species, but it's a problematic species. Mm-hmm. And there was, like, a little bit of... Like crab juice, like oh. like something from the crabs was being distilled into right. this whiskey. Was it good? Oh, I haven't had it. I oh. just heard about it. Just if you're having a GM press conference, Jason, from now on, I, I think the piece of advice immediately after the draft. Number one, about any player, I'll ask you about any player in the world. Your answer, I was stunned he was still out there. Couldn't believe he was still available. We had him rated so much higher. And I asked you how many sure things there are in the draft, and you say... Uh, only up till the spot right before where we pick. That way, if you get it right, you're a genius. If not, hey, man, you said all along that there weren't uh, enough good That's players. That's true. Yeah, this is good coaching. And number three, pick an alcoholic beverage, say the brand name out loud, and just wait for the mail to come. Well, that's not a new one. That's I mean, that is one. a new one. I mean, it's a pretty like, good one. Ryan Pace would have never done that. Yeah. He would have never told you. Yeah, he probably, yeah. Well, he would have talked about how he and... Uh, Maybe he and Nagy just shared a beverage. They were in such lockstep together that they just got something with two straws, like those, like the cartoons with the with a. Uh, they collaborated mixing it. They were having like a chocolate malt with two straws. Yeah, there you go. Anyway, uh, we're slap happy. In case you can't tell, uh, but I was doing the wrap up. I won't do it again. But uh, keep checking uh, whatever your podcast feed is, and we will get you a show here pretty soon. He's Jason. I'm Pat. Thanks so much for listening.
Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day.